What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. The light bulbs are going off in my head. <laughs> this is like deep. I just haven't thought of it that way. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. All this time I've been going to church, this never resonated with me. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transformed. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford. I have the privilege of being your host, and we're continuing our series on what does it mean to be a man and not a woman. In our series so far, I've used overarching categories to describe masculinity. First of all, it's the way that God has created men, their bodies. So physically speaking, a man is different biologically. You can look at features, you can look at hair, you can look at bone structure, you can look at jaw structure and teeth. Even in the way that God has caused a voice to deepen, we could say as part of how God has made a man. Out of that category, we move to what the Bible says a man is. And I've been speaking more to character traits of masculinity, character traits that pertain to men. And it doesn't mean that these character traits are not found within women, but for a man to lack these, he is unmanly. He is not a man that is a man of God. First things first, I said courage. Courage is part of what it means to be a man. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, when Paul said, act like men, he was not saying wear camouflage. He was saying, be courageous, be strong. Second thing, men are to be pure in, in multiple instances from spiritual leaders to fathers to husbands to single men. Men are reminded to act in purity, to treat their sisters in Christ in purity, to be one woman men, to avoid sexual immorality. So number one, courage. Number two, purity. And today we're going to talk about the third, which is men act honorable to women. Men act honorable to women. So you could technically make this about honor, that a man is respectful Honor and respect are often used interchangeably, but a man is going to act in a way that is respectful or honors women. So grab your Bible if you have one, and let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. What I hope to show you is that a man is acting unmanly, unlike who God has created him to be, when he is disrespectful and lacks honor to women. 1 Timothy 5. Verse 1, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger women as brothers. Here it is, gentlemen. Verse 2, why and how should Timothy treat ladies in his church? Number two, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters. This is the family of God. In the family of God, Timothy is called to treat older women as moms in Christ and younger women as sisters in Christ. Now, this is an important clarification. There is no blood relations here. There's no duty. 
In fact, we're going to see in just two or three verses, Paul understands that a lady can have biological children who have a special call to care for her. Paul's not confusing those, but he's telling Timothy, how do you treat women? Treat them like your mom if she's older than you. If she is younger than you or a younger woman, you treat her like you would your sister. Now, I grew up with two sisters. One's 12 years older than me. One's about 18, 19 months older than me. And there were times when I would make fun of my sisters. There were times when we would pick on each other. My oldest sister was usually much older and generally more mature than me. And so we didn't really get in arguments, but me and my middle sister, we could get into it at times. And yet I knew that no one else would disrespect my sister because I would not allow them to disrespect my sister. So she and I can get in an argument, but no other guy could come along and get in an argument with my sister. Why? Because she was my sister. This is the idea that if you have a younger woman in the body of Christ at the church, how do you treat her? Will you honor her as your sister? This theme is going to be found in different ways. Let me remind you of what takes place in John chapter 19. So this is the gruesome story of the crucifixion of Jesus. And in John 19, Jesus is actually making preparations for Mary. Let me read to you from verse 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. In verse 27, then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus is dying, and yet he makes preparation for his mom. Did you catch that? Jesus is dying and makes preparation for his mom. There must have been a special relationship here. You, you can't help but feel the sorrow of his mom. And Jesus is thoughtful enough to say, John, take care of her. And he does. He says that he takes her to his home. And then tradition's going to say that John would now have a special duty to care for Mary, the mother of Jesus. So Jesus cares for his mom. Husbands are said that they need to be gentle with their wives and to honor them. I'm going to read to you from 1 Peter chapter 3. There's no such thing as a brutish husband who is a godly man. Sometimes growing up, there would be this cowboy cigarette commercial, the Marlboro Man. He was tough. He would smoke cigarettes. He would ride horses. And at times we have this machoized view of a man and the way that he treats a woman. He walks into the saloon with his guns. Pew. Hopefully his guns don't make that noise. And this over machoized view becomes like a gruff masculinity. You never see that in scripture. In 1 Peter 3, a husband is called to live with his wife in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. For those of you that are married men, your wife is one of the women that you act honorably to. You're to honor her. You're to honor her as being that delicate, that fragile vase that God has entrusted into your leadership. So you live with her in an understanding way, but it's couched in the language of understanding 
That's not just that this woman really needs you and she can't make it without you. And that's not what Peter says. He says, she's a co-heir with you of the grace of life. She's a co-heir. She's my sister in Christ. She is on equal footing in Christ than I am. Why do you treat your wife in an honorable way? Because she is your co-heir. So consequently, if you treat her in a way that is unhonorable, disrespectful, ununderstanding, I should probably use proper terms here, lacking understanding, then the reality is your spiritual walk will be hindered at the end of verse 7. You can't lack honor toward your wife and say you're good with the Lord. Peter himself embodied this. I don't know if you remember when they're in Capernaum, Jesus leaves the temple and goes to Peter's house to help bring healing to Peter's mother-in-law. Peter demonstrates this type of care personally. So a husband is to be understanding and honorable because he understands who his wife is. Now, this is similar back in Malachi where the priests and the spiritual leaders are rebuked in Malachi chapter 2 for forsaking the wife of their youth. So you can't be a spiritual leader, mistreat your wife, and think God is going to receive sacrifices from you. Men are to act honorably to women. One of the things that Dr. John Piper and Dr. Wayne Grudem do in the book biblical masculinity and femininity and restoring it, they say that a man is to act in a way according to the role of the lady that he is relating to. So let me see if I can explain that. So not every man listening to this show is married. And some of you have moms that you're still under the authority of. Some of you have grandmas that you're seeking to care for. To act in a way that's appropriate to the relationship of the lady that we're talking about, we're not saying that you are to nourish and cherish every woman like you do your wife, but you are to act with honor towards every woman, that you are to treat her as a sister in Christ or a mom in Christ, that you are to use your strength and what God has given to you to protect and care for the women that are around you. And in a moment of need, stress, potential natural disaster or crisis, a man should say, I am going to protect this lady, even if she's not my mom or my biological sister or my wife or my daughter. I'm going to protect this lady. Why? Because men act honorably to women. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to give you practical tips on how to think this through as dads, husbands, sons, and general neighbors. We'll be right back. Alrighty, well, we have reached the halfway mark of this episode of Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford. Dr. Gifford continues to dive into the subject of biblical masculinity, and today he's exploring what it means for men to respect and protect women. And before we get back, I want to share some things that you can find at our website, transformed.org, if you're looking to dive a little bit deeper into this subject. The first book that I want to recommend to you is The Attributes of God by A. W. Pink. It's a book that probably should be sitting on every Christian's bookshelf. Fantastic read. It looks at God's character and how understanding it can seriously transform our lives. 
So pick up your copy of A.W. Pink's The Attributes of God at Transformed.org. And I just want to add that, as you all know, producing a show like Transformed, our TV series or this show here with Dr. Greg Gifford, takes some pretty sizable resources. And that's where you come in. We are grateful for your generosity, and that is what keeps Transformed alive and kicking. So if you would like to support us, if you would like to consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner, just visit Transformed.org. You're going to be there anyway, picking up A.W. Pink's The Attributes of God. But while you're there, you can also get all your questions answered on becoming a gospel partner. Now, something else that you might be interested in becoming is a biblical counselor yourself. If you're looking to get trained to actually become certified in biblical counseling, or if you're just looking to get some more information so you could better help and counsel those around you, then let me recommend to you The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. There's a quote in the book that I think is absolutely perfect for those who are about to start this journey. He says, peacemaking involves a commitment to preserve relationships, promote justice, and trust in God's sovereignty. Now, that statement right there is a sermon or two in itself, but it's an amazing starting point if you're looking to help others through biblical counseling. It's The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy, and it's available again at transformed.org. Now, before we get back to Dr. Gifford and the rest of today's episode on what it means for men to respect and protect women, I also want to let you know that if you have questions, we all have issues that tend to pop up in our lives, emotional issues that we struggle with. And if you're having one of those issues, or maybe somebody you know is having an issue, and you have a question for Dr. Gifford, you can send him an email with that question, and you may very well hear him answer that question on a future episode of Transformed. So send him an email, greg at transformed.org. All right, well, now it's time for me to hush and get back to the man that you're actually tuned in to listen to. And that's Dr. Greg Gifford. This is Transformed. Welcome back to Transform. The Bible would tell us that OCD is not a disorder. It is the fruit of wrong believing and wrong theology. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back. We've been talking about a third character trait of men. What makes a man and not a woman? First thing is courage, second thing is purity, and the third thing, as we've been discussing today, is that a man acts honorably to women. I want to spend the last part of this episode teasing this out with practicality. I think many of us benefit with applications, thinking through examples, and what that looks like. So I'm going to do my best to provide these. And ladies, as you're listening to this podcast, I'm very open to your feedback. In fact, one of the things that we've done is create an email, greg at transformed.org, and you could provide feedback. And I'm more than open to hearing, hey, Dr. Gifford, you were right on, or hey, you were right off. Feel free to provide that feedback because I look forward to hearing from you and sharing and continuing to learn. But how does a man act in a way that is honorable to a woman? This does entail things like chivalry. Let me explain what I mean by chivalry. 
sometimes in our society, chivalry can be communicated as if a woman cannot do that. And that's not what we mean by chivalry. Of course, a woman can open her own door. Of course, a woman can carry her grocery bags. Of course, a woman can return her grocery cart. There is by no means in which a man is attempting to provide daily support and help to a woman that he is minimizing or should be minimizing her capability. When a man lets a door close on the woman walking in behind him, that is a lack of daily support and help. Call that chivalry, whatever you want to call that. So if you see a mom with three kids walking in the door behind you as a man, something in you needs to snap to and say, I need to act in a way that's honorable to her. And I'm going to ensure that I open the door so that she can make it through. That's chivalry. Chivalry is a way that a man expresses honor to a woman. She's not your wife. She's not your biological sister. She's not your mom. But yet when you see that lady wrestling with the grocery bags, you're going to say, excuse me, ma'am, do you mind if I help you? I would be glad to carry that for you. Excuse me, ma'am. Is it okay if I open the door for you? And if she receives that, then we're opening the door and we're doing our best to show honor to her and to protect her. When a man is disrespectful to a woman, he is acting in a way that is lacking honor. There is no such thing as a godly man whistling at a woman while driving down the road. That ain't happening. There's no such thing as a godly man belittling women. There's no such thing as a man being hyper-masculinized. Remember the Marlboro man? There's no Marlboro man that just says, be quiet, sweetie. Because what you're now doing is you're acting in a way that is disrespectful to that lady. When you're minimizing, when you are belittling, when you are disrespecting a woman, you are not acting in a way that is honorable. So respect looks like multiple things. Seeing her as a peer, Respect looks like not speaking down to her. Even terms like sweetie can be demeaning. Do you treat a woman as if she were less than you or doesn't know as much as you? And if you do, you're being disrespectful to her. And sure, there may be one body of knowledge she doesn't know as much about as you do. That's okay. But I would be willing to bet there are other bodies of knowledge that she knows more about than you do. So you are acting with respect to women and not talking down to women. Next is purity. Purity. When a man is acting in a way that is honorable to women, he is protecting her purity and their purity. He wants her to not only be pure, but to even be represented as pure. There are certain things that you are going to avoid doing simply for the sake of protecting the purity of that lady. That means you may not give a lady a ride by yourself. That means that you may not go to lunch or coffee with a lady who's not your wife. That means that when you are around a lady, that there are certain things that you're not talking about to help honor and protect her purity. A man acts in a way that is honorable to women whenever he treats her with purity. Now, I hope he's listening to this. I had a mentor. His name is, not was, but his name is David Gabriel. He was a retired Burbank lieutenant. His mentorship in my life is something that has greatly affected my counseling and my pastoral ministry, and I'll always appreciate it. 
he saw some pretty gruesome things in his time on the police force. In fact, he was the detective with some of the domestic violence and abuse departments, I think would be the right term. He saw the nasty side of men using their strength to take advantage of women. And he said, you know what, Greg, I want you to always err on the side of protecting women. And when in doubt, when it's when you're unsure of what's happening here, that you're acting with the safety of that woman in mind. To err on the side of protecting women, I'm not here to exonerate all women and say that they are sinless and act perfectly at all times. I know that is not the case. I'm married to a woman and I have two sisters. I know women are not perfect, yet I am going to do my best and I'm encouraging you to see it this way. I'm going to do my best to err on the side of protecting them and not assuming the worst in them. And I'm definitely not going to fail to use the strength God has given to me to protect them. So there are times when another man needs to be confronted for the way he's speaking to his wife. There are times when a woman is in a vulnerable situation on the side of the road and you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to change her tire and help protect her. There are times when a lady's walking out from the grocery store, it's late at night and you're saying, man, this ain't right. I'm going to escort her with my wife out to her car. We're going to keep an eye on her as she makes it to a car. That type of thing of erring on the side of protecting women. Does that mean a woman cannot protect herself? No way. Some women can protect themselves just fine. Yet we want to honor women by erring on the side of protecting women. And I think, and ladies, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think women appreciate men who make them feel safe and men that protect them, men that do not demean them in that protection, but men that are going to be strong, courageous men who are willing to say, yeah, my wife and I will walk you to your car so you're safe tonight. So chivalry is how we do this. Respect is how we do this. Purity is how we do this. Protection is how we do this. I'm going to add listening here. Listening is how you act in an honorable way to women. If you ever find yourself being dismissive or thinking, what do you know? What do you know about this? You're a woman. If you ever are tempted to believe that, you are acting in a way that is unmanly. Because you are called to value your sisters in Christ as co-heirs. I don't have to be told to value somebody. I don't have to be told to listen to somebody that I value. If you're like, hey, Dr. Gifford, I have instructions to a million dollars. I would say, okay, hang on. Let me grab my pen. (laughs) I value what you're about to say. If I value my sisters in Christ, I listen to them. I see their perspective as important. Not just, okay, thanks for that, but let me go talk to the guys and see what they say. I actually want their perspective because I see it as valuable. I can't speak for your church, but I know in my church, some of the godliest leaders in our church, and I'm not saying a formal position of leadership, I'm saying those that have a functional impact in our church are the ladies. And I've been in multiple church. The most spiritually mature people at a consistent basis are the ladies. So why would I want to ignore the voice of women who are godly leaders over other women. I wouldn't. I want to listen carefully to them. So how do you honor women? You listen to them. You value them. Next, you trust them. 
You trust them. Sometimes guys are demeaning because they don't trust that the wife, the woman, the sister can do something. You sure you can park that thing there, sweetie? <laughs> That's demeaning. It's belittling. Of course you can park that thing. You are a capable, grown, educated, smart woman. No way am I going to be demeaning. If she says she's got it, she's got it. If she says she can do it, she can do it. So we're not going to be men who lack trust in women. And that now gets back to the idea of being disrespectful and lacking honor. You don't see her as a co-heir. You see her as someone that needs your help and just park it out. I'll correct it later. No, that's very unbiblical. It's not honorable. It's disrespectful. Let's just be sure that as men, we don't give in to a hyper-masculinized view of manhood. When God has surrounded you with women at work, at church, I hope you as a man who are married, single, young, and old, that you would say, no, part of what makes me a man is that I am to use my strength, my resources, my capabilities to act in a way that is honorable to women. Why? Not because they need me, not because I'm smarter, but because they are peers and co-heirs in Christ. That's why I act in an honorable way to women. Let me pray that we would do that. Lord, I do pray for the men listening to this episode. Make them strong, make them pure, but make them men that act in ways that are honorable to women. May we as men have a call that we are going to sacrifice resources, we're going to sacrifice comfort and convenience to ensure that the women around us are cared for and taken care of. I pray for the women that are listening to this, that they would expect that of the men surrounding them, that they would not tolerate men who mistreat them, that they would have biblical clarity that they expect the men around them to act like men. May our sisters in Christ also expect this, call men to rise up and to treat them in ways that correspond to this. And for those of us that are parenting young men, Lord, help us to instill these principles in them now going forward, that they would grow up to be men that genuinely respect women and treat them in ways that are co-heirs, peers. We ask for your help, Lord, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.